Welcome. Thank you for listening to this wholesome word by David Entry. The words you catch will change your world. May your story change from this message. Be blessed. One of the reasons why we come to church is it, it creates an opportunity for God to smear himself more on us. So, any person who tells you, I don't do church, really does, cannot do God. You can't do God outside of church. How can you say that? Try it. <laughs> Just try this. The sweetness of the pudding is in the eating. Try it. You cannot do God if you don't do church. That's what some of the bad representatives of Christ have done. They have given a bad impression or a wrong representation of what Christianity is. So you see someone who said, I mean, I'm from a Christian family. So it's good, but it doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't matter how long you stay in the zoo, you don't become an animal. <laughs> or bad. The, the funny one is, I'm a nice person. There will be a lot of nice people in hell. A lot of nice people. Who says God is interested in your niceness? Think about what I'm saying. But we don't know because religion makes you think that it's about you. About your efforts. How well you behave. How well you're able to dot your I's and cross your T's. So that's religion. Religion puts the demand on you. So the more you do well, the more you are not lying, the more you are not bad, the more you are, you are a nice person, the more you are generous, the more you are helping people, the more they say you're a Christian. That is not what makes you a Christian. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I think food for thought. That, that's, that's not what makes you a Christian. I'm, I'm going to share something I have never shared anywhere. Wow. Never shared anywhere. But it's going to be such strong meat that some of you, to take you the rest of your life to appreciate it. But bits of it will be assimilatable. You'll be able to assimilate it. But it will take you the rest of your life to appreciate the magnitude of the things I was saying about incognito. What's incognito? Huh? You don't know. Some of you, what, what is it? Undercover, like you say. Uh, incognito. The Holy Spirit is persona incognito. A person who doesn't show himself. So some of you have been showed how you can browse online incognito. So you are browsing online, going to some websites, but then it's incognito. They can't trace it to you because you are hiding behind something. There's a way you can browse. Someone showed me something ago when you are trying to look for cheap tickets for flights because of the cookies. Yeah. There are cookies in computer. Cookies. Sometimes people are hungry. Let them eat their cookies. 
<laughs> but it's able to uh, gather your data or uh, algorithms. So sometimes when they see that you same person is checking price and then so they also raise it up for you. That's a whole. So then you have to browse incognito so they can realize you came in. The Holy Spirit is persona incognito. In other words, when the Holy Spirit is working here, you won't see him. What he comes to show, he never shows himself. He never, the Holy Spirit does not reveal himself to people. He reveals Christ. So he's actually living in the interest of another. The Holy Spirit comes so that what? He is the only perfect at the moment in the world. The only perfect persona incognito. In, in John chapter 16 verse 13, it says that when he comes, the spirit of truth, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will teach you things to come. Whatever he hears. So it's like the things he's saying is not from him. He, don't, he doesn't have anything to say. Everything he says is what he's hearing from there. Our Lord Jesus Christ. The verse 14. Verse 14 says that he will glorify. Ah, so he's not, it's not about him. Everything he's doing is just pointing fingers to Jesus. He's glorifying Jesus. He's glorifying Jesus. So then when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, if it's really the Holy Spirit who's working in your life, we'll see more Jesus than you. Today I want to tell you don't live your life. Uh-huh. I told you. Very, don't live your life. Don't live your life. A Christian is someone who is learning not how not to live his life. Uh, Pastor, this is very confusing. I told you. I told you. Take it easy. You understand what I mean. A true Christian is someone who is focused and busy not living his life. His job is to do as much as he can not to live his life. That's why the one who knows how to do it best, the Holy Spirit. Wow. I like the way the place is quiet. (laughs) Food for thought. I know you are thinking. Yeah, you need to think. Please, when you go to church, don't remove your mind. Many people are Christians who don't think. But the spirit is not the spirit of feelings. John 16, 13. He's the spirit of what? The spirit of what? Truth. Truth has to do with cognition. Thinking. It's not, ah, see how I feel. You don't have a, please, please, please. Don't serve God purely only based on how you feel. How you feel is also important. But Holy Spirit helps you to go past the feelings. So you, 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 you relate to God in your feelings, but don't stop at the feelings. You must have some information. 
you must have some understanding. You must, you must have some insight. You must know something. How can you worship a God you don't know? Hmm. A lot of people are worshiping gods they don't know. How can you worship a God you don't know? But God can never be known, but he has taken it upon himself to make himself knowable. Knowable. There are things that God, I've never even said this, this one too, I've never said it, but you are blessed here today. There are things that God does not show to anybody. He keeps to himself. In, in Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 29, there are secret things that God doesn't give to anybody. There's, let's already allow, if you can see the screen. Let's go. There are things that are secret. God doesn't show it to everybody. It doesn't show it to anybody. And also, there are things that are, God shows it to everybody. Everybody. There are things that God reveals to everybody. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. For since the creation of the world, huh? His. Say his. his. Who is the his talking about? God. God. Right. But pastor, why do you say he's talking about God? That's how you should read your Bible. Don't just take anything at all. Why do we conclude that that his is referring to God? Why is it not Jesus? He's God too. But Godhead. Why is it not, why, why is it not Paul? Why is it not somebody else? How do you know it's his? So this is basic grammar. Comprehension. Go back to the text before. See? Because what may be known of God is manifested in them for God has showed it to them so you can tell there is a them and there is God the subject here is God and he's talking about God and them now the next statement says that for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes the focus is talking about God when you read this is verse, uh, uh, verse 19 verse 18 verse 17 talks about the wrath of God Said for the, so the righteousness of God is revealed. Then verse, the next verse, verse 18, talks about the wrath of God. Listen, God has got wrath. Do you know what wrath is? Anger. So when does God get angry? He's always angry. God is always angry. Why? Because people are always sinning. <laughs> uh, somebody knows that now I'm talking about you now. There are people here who God is angry with against. God is angry with you. I don't know who I'm talking to. Uh, It's now getting a bit hot. (laughs) But why are you saying that? Open your eyes. This is in plain text. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against what? All ungodliness. It's there. No some, all. So if you are in church and you practice ungodliness. So, God is always angry because today you are being very nice. The other person is being bad. So, he's angry at somebody. (laughs) It's interesting, right? God is always angry. Now, is it because of people? Not necessarily so. Even though I said it. (laughs) Even though I said it's because someone is sinning. That's just a baby talk. True to an extent. 
But why is God always angry? Because that's his nature. How can that be God's nature? I thought God is good. Yes, he is. So when is he good and when is he angry? He's always good. He's always angry. The nature of God. Okay, when is the sun hot and when is the sun cold? The sun is always hot. That's the sun. When is ice hot? Never. When is ice cold? Always. And so that is the attribute of the sun. The characteristics of the sun is that it's always hot. The characteristics of ice is that it's always cold. The characteristics of the ocean is that it always has water. That's, that's what it is. Now, the characteristic of God is called the attributes. The attributes of God. The, one of the attributes of God is, is a very holy God. His nature is holy. So if his nature is holy, anything unholy frowns on his nature. So if something is unholy, then for God to prove really be holy, he, holiness can take sin. Holiness can take unholiness. Holiness cannot. Can you imagine purity? Like when you go to search, uh, the hospital theater, all the uh, the, uh, the equipment, equipment. What do you call them? It, two instruments. Uh, is that instrument, surgical instrument. Yeah. All the surgical instruments. They they are all sterilized. You can't have surgical instrument that is dirty. It's dangerous to human life. Recently, someone was telling me about um, people who are hooked on this, this, this heroin. Sometimes they need it in their system so much that they take any syringe. They go on the, in the bin and take syringe and inject it. That's how, how, that's how sad human life can become. So, what I'm trying to say is that every um, instrument they use for surgery must be highly sterilized. It, it can't, it, you, that's why it's always wrapped nicely. So even when you have to touch it, you have to wear gloves, new gloves before you handle them. Because death shouldn't come near it. When you go to the theater, you have to wear crocs. <laughs> yeah. You have to wear it. In the, it's, 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 it's hospital, theater, whatever. <laughs> Because of the atmosphere, you can't take death into the theater. But if you go to the theater, like the doors are open, people walk in and out. That's not, that can't be a theater. No, 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 no. That can't be a theater. That can't be a place for surgery. No. You just, no, no, no. They say, oh, this is where we do surgery. You say, ah, here? No, you can't do surgery here. God, the, the place is, no. Oh, we've, we just swept it this morning. No, 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 but still, you can't do it here. And say, so where are the instruments? Oh, that's the one lying on the floor. No, no. Even your kitchen spoon will not be allowed to lie on the floor. So what am I trying to say? That fact, the mere fact that God is holy means nothing dirty should come near him. That's one. And number two, that means that he actually has to frown. He, he by nature will frown on anything dirty, on anything impure, or anything uh, unholy. And so then, if God is always holy, then that means he must always, he, it implies he's always angry. What is he angry Angry at sin. The wrath of God is there. Those, see, they, that's why I said some representatives of Christ, supposedly, have misrepresented Christ and the truth of the gospel. 
God is this is this uh, mother God. So nice. He can't touch anything. He's always loving. It doesn't matter how much you mess up. <laughs> Don't worry. I understand. Don't worry. You can continue in pornography. Don't worry. I understand. I, I know. I know you are very charged. I understand in this fornication. You are so much in love with that boy. So that's. I understand. Hey! 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 They've not told you the truth. God has wrath. And the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against. What? Revealed from heaven against all of godliness. That means that's not good news. <laughs> is that good news? I'm telling you, that is not good news. It doesn't matter who you think you are. Me, I know that's not good news. It's not good news for me. Because one way or the other, I might be caught in an ungodly moment. Maybe within a week. Maybe within a month. Some of you within every minute. <laughs> but whether it's one minute or within a year, still ungodliness is ungodliness. And so the wrath of God will be coming towards us. That is why someone must stand in the way to take the wrath. And you hide behind him with your death. Hide behind somebody so that they take the wrath and then you take their blessing. Oh, I know you're gonna get it. He doesn't like what you are doing. He's been telling you, and you have now upset him, and he's very angry. And so that's now the wrath is coming. It's about to hit you. But God shouldn't have wrath. Yeah, that's because he's holy. Someone is sinning. But he's not only God of wrath. He's also a God of Bible. In fact, verse 18 talks about the righteousness of God. All right. Verse 17, sorry. He is also righteous. He will do what is right. So it's not only wrath. He has the righteousness of God, the wrath of God. But he's also a God of love, for God so loved the world. So he's angry at sin. Somebody said this some time ago. I found it so interesting. Great theologian. I was listening to him, he was teaching. He said, People say God does not hate people. He only hates, he doesn't hate sinners, he only hates sin. It's the sin God hates, not the sinner. And then the, the great man of God said, so why doesn't he send sin to hell but sinners to hell? <laughs> he sends sinners to hell. <laughs> but, but that's not fair. Oh, well, really? You want to talk about fairness? You, please, don't bring the card, don't play the card of fairness. Because there are too many things you've done that is not fair. Too many things. All of us are naturally not fair. Well, but God's wrath lifted up. But at the same time, God is love. God is love. Come. So, that is the love of God. His wrath is coming. But because he loves you, because he, 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 he's a God of love too. He then have to send his son. So till on the cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. So the wrath, God himself sent his son to come and bear his wrath because we can't take his wrath. That's why, now after he did us, those of us, who have benefited from his wrath. Every now and then you know you are still not perfect. But the anger of Christ. 
God is towards Christ. And then he said, now if you have been forgiven, go and tell the world that you don't have to stay under the wrath. Come and take cover. Come. That's the message. That's, that's all about evangelism. He said that for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against ungodly, ungodliness and unrighteousness of monkeys. Many human beings. All right? <laughs> you see, people don't read their Bibles. Human beings. They suppress the truth of God in unrighteousness. They know what is true, but it's your truth, but me. And most people who say, I don't believe in God, deep in their hearts. is They are running away from something, that's why. Most people say, yeah, I, don't, I don't do church. What are you running away from? Some of you look at how much it took before you came to church. It took so long. You're trying to avoid church, not because you knew that that's the best thing to do, but you were afraid of God. Some of you took one dream to bring you to church. You had a dream that Satan was beginning to rub his hand on your head. <laughs> when you woke up, it was winter. The heater was off, but you were sweating. <laughs> you came to church. So, the, the, uh, uh, we suppress the truth of God in unrighteousness. Now, look at the next verse. Because what may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has shown it to them. So, there are things that might be known God, of God. It's manifested to everybody. Look at the next verse. For the, this way, that what took us so much. For since the creation of the world, his, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen. So there are things that are about God which are seen, everybody. So there are things that God shows to nobody. There are things that God shows to everybody. And there are things that God showed to his people, Israel. In the Old Testament, he showed to the people Israel. Just them. He was showing them his mercies. He was dealing with them. So the Gentiles never knew about this God. And now, there are things that God reserved from the Old Testament, never showed it to anybody, but now he's revealing it to the church. The revelation of God. The revelation of God. So as I was saying, it's so important to understand that you can't say you are practicing a walk with God, you are a Christian, without knowing God. How can you serve a God you don't know? He says that for the time is coming and now is John chapter 4. When the true worshippers shall worship the Father, how? In feelings. Feelings. People like feelings. Oh, I like that music. Oh, I like that music. When I, years ago, when I was in Ghana, when I got born again, there's a song we used to sing in church. I'm sure some people still sing it. They, they, they sing it in the local language. Say, Satan is crying, he's crying, he's crying, he's crying. That's a reason why she sung. Satan is crying, the people are like, he's crying. What, what, what nonsense is that? Then we are dancing, he's crying, he's, and then the drummers are Satan is crying. No, no understanding. He's crying. He's crying. <laughs> Praise and worship. We are singing songs to lift him. We are singing songs to, songs to adore him. Worthy is the Lamb. 
These, these are things we are lifting him. So, you see, if you don't worship God in spirit and in truth, you'll be missing a lot. It's so important. Now, I've gone so far. Let me come back to what I was saying. And so, in Philippians chapter 121, what did I say earlier? I said, Christianity is not about living your life. See if there's anything here that agrees with what I said, or you can deduce what I said from here. I said, Christianity is not about living your life. Let's already allow that. Let's go. Oh, again? Can I have the ladies read it? Can I have the men? Let's go. Oh, men, come on. I need, I need to feel the vibration of the bears. Ladies, don't we want to fear the bears of the men? Some of you are not saying, come on, come on, please. I know you like the bears of the men, you know. That's why the other time on the phone, he said, hi, girl. And you couldn't sleep the whole night because he said, hi. And he, he, he makes sure he... He deepens the baritonic voice. Hi, hi, girl. Just checking on you. Uh, and you are dizzy already. <laughs> now you have come to church. You are behaving like you don't know what I'm talking. Please. All right, guys. Let's read it together. <laughs> Let's read it together. Let's go. All of us. To the more. What does it mean to live? It's Christ. Don't live your life. Live Christ. That's the core of Christianity. It's not how good you are, how nice you have become. Oh, so are you saying niceness doesn't matter? I'm saying that niceness is not the answer. Is there a difference between polished bronze and gold? Is there a difference? Is there a difference? Yes. Is material difference? This one, do you think is a trick question? You don't know. <laughs> oh, come on. You don't know. <laughs> okay, if you have gold. Go and give it to somebody. Tell them to give you a polished bronze and tell me if they say. It's not the same. No. It's not the same. Doesn't matter how well you polish bronze, it's still not good. We are polishing bronze. Thinking good behavior is the same as living Christ. Mm-hmm. It's getting interesting. Colossians chapter 3, verse 4 says that when Christ, oh, oh. When, let's read it. I like when we are reading it together. Let's go. One more time. Who is Christ? Who is Christ? He is our life. And we are supposed to live Christ. That's what Christianity is about. Pastor, you have to show me how to do that. Um... Did you notice that Christ actually, he also lived a life of incognito life? Most times we focus, oh, Christ is a perfect man. He didn't sin. He had the 
he had the life of God in him. Yes, that's true. But actually, one thing we are also not talking about is that he didn't live his life. It's my life. Leave me alone. It's my hey. That's why you are. That's why you are missing Christianity. For me to live, it's not my life. So Jesus Christ came and he said, "The Son can do nothing by himself." John chapter five, verse seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. He said, "The Son can do nothing by himself, but that which is that is he, he sees the Father do." What? John 5, 17. But Jesus answered, my father is working here to away. The, the next verse. Therefore the Jews sought to kill him, uh, sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. So actually, he didn't come to live his life. He came to live what the father is doing. That's the father's life. I, let, I think let me give you a better scripture or a stronger scripture. In John chapter 6, verse 57. Are you getting something at all? Yes. Are you sure you are getting? Yes. In fact, if you really are not interested in Christ, you might not be interested in what I'm teaching. And I don't care. <laughs> All right, I care about you. If you don't love Christ, I don't care. <laughs> As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. Ah! There are people who live for their mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, boyfriends, uh, girlfriends, mother, father. Yeah. But Jesus said, I just live because of you. This living I mean is because of God. This living I live because of God. I don't live my life. I live his life. He lived. He was an expression of God to so much so that he said, Thomas, have I been with you all this while? And you don't know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the father. Thomas said, show us the father. John chapter 14 from verse 8, 9, 10. He said, show us, Philip. He said, show us the father. And it's enough. He said, ha! This is one of the scriptures that was read at the queen's funeral. I loved it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. What? Okay, so he said, have I been with you all this while? And you don't know, because the guy said, show us the Father. Jesus, you are talking about the Father, please. <laughs> That's very well. Philip said to him, verse 8, Philip said, Lord, you know what? If you can show us the Father, it's enough, sufficient, it will suffice. Oh, Father, Father, where is the Father? Because this whole thing came out. Can I, can I take this text and then I can close? It's nice just to make the Bible speak. He was, he was telling them that he's going to somewhere. He's going somewhere. And he said, where I am going, you know. He said, you know. And the, the way, you know. He said, where I'm going, you know the way. Verse 4. Yeah. Where I go, you know. And the way, you know. Huh? And they said... We don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Can you imagine you get up, you are leaving the house, and then he said, I'm going somewhere, and your sister or your, you know, somebody, your cousin or your mother or somebody asks you, where are you going? He said, but you know where I'm going. He said, what, what, what route are you using? He said, but you know the route I'm using. How can I know the route you are using when I don't know where you are going? And Jesus said, oh, 
You don't know the root I'm using. He said, I am the root. I'm, I'm the way. That's how he said it. He, he, look at verse 5. Look. I feel like preaching. preaching. I feel like preaching. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? We don't know where you are going. How can? He said, ah, me, I am the way. Ah, ah. I am the way to where I am going. I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Shout hallelujah. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Sit down and look at look at the next verse. It's like he's opened a can of worms. If you know me, you will know my Father also. And from now, and from now on, you know him, and you have seen him. What does what does, what's that supposed to mean? If you know me, you will know the Father also. And from now on. You know him because you have seen him. Who is, where are you talking about? We don't know him. No one that Philip said, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, all this thing, this philosophy, is getting too philosophical, it's getting too complex. Show us the father and it's enough. Then he said, it's in my Bible. I'm not just right. It's just, Philip says, well. And I said, Philip! Said, Have I been with you all you so long and yet you have not known me? Philip! Ah, but no, no, I'm not talking. I know you. I'm talking about the father. <laughs> Philip said, No, I know you. I'm talking about the father. He said, No, me. If you have seen me, I've never lived my own life. Uh, I've never lived my own life. Every life, everything I'm saying, everything is the father acting in me. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. If you have seen me, you have seen the father. If you have seen me, I am the persona incognito. He didn't come to live his own life. He came to live the father's life. He didn't just have God's life. He actually lived God's life. And he said, in John chapter 12, verse 24. But except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much grain. He was trying to tell them, he said, it's time for me to die. When you look at the verse 23, he says, it's time, the hour has come. For the Son of Man to be glorified. If he said to die, he called death glorification. What? He called death glorification? In John chapter 7? In John chapter 7, verse 39. From, from verse 37 particularly, he said, If any man test, let him come to me and drink. From as the scriptures have said, out of your belly, whoever believes in me, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Verse 39 said, This he speak concerning the spirit which will be given to those who believe him. For at that time, Jesus had not yet been glorified. What did they mean? He hadn't yet died. Because the glory was through the death. And so he says that. They are coming to look for me. John chapter 12, verse 23. He said, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Then he was talking about his death. Then he said, except if I don't die. If I don't die, I remain alone. But if I die, I will have a lot of people called Christians who also not be living their own lives. Wow. 
That's why he had to die. So the week, now the life I live, for me, there's a lot more I can unpack but because of our time. The reason why you are a Christian is not so you can be a nice person. God is not interested in your polished brass. Somebody once was asked, a great man of God, genuinely understands the things of God. He was asked, so, what does it mean to be patient as a Christian? Because you have to be a patient person as a Christian. Who is a patient person? He said, no, no. A patient person is someone who is just living Christ. It's not about patient person. So most of us, when you get born again, let's say you are a fast person. Or maybe fast is too much. So now you have to be a slow person. You used to be fast, now you are slow. You used to be a slow person. So a slow person has become a fast person. A fast person has become a slow person. Amendment of our lives, changes of our life. those things are good. But it doesn't necessarily mean you are living Christ. This, what is this thing that this pastor? I told you, the rest of your life, you'll be thinking about it. When you come to church, you got to get something into your head from God's word. That many things you'll be hearing, when is the truth of God? It begins to validate that single, that truth you heard some time ago. I wanted to leave something with you that will never leave you for the rest of your life. That to be a Christian means to live his life. It's not about, you have Nana, you are such a nice person, you have become a very patient person, you have become a very wonderful husband, a wonderful wife. Those things are good, but that's not what God called us for. Ah, Pastor, so are you trying to say, there's no point in being a wonderful husband. If you live Christ, you'll be better than a wonderful husband. Ah, you'll be better than a wonderful husband. If you live Christ, you'll be better than a wonderful wife. If you live Christ, you'll be better than a wonderful sister, a wonderful brother, a wonderful uh, uh, potential husband, what we call girlfriend, uh, boyfriend, oh, a wonderful potential wife, what we call girlfriend. Some people, when they enter a relationship with you, the next day they want to do something with you. See, they, are, they are speaking in tongues. They are speaking in tongues. I'm not talking about people outside. Church people! Church folks, man! Does that make them bad people? No, we are all working. Working on ourselves. I want to leave you with one thing. How do you live Christ? I've never taught this message anyway. How do you live Christ? First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17 says that he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. You are one spirit with God. So in your, in your spirit... In your spirit, you have oneness with God. You and God, Christ. Sorry. He will join to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. In your spirit. So where is Christ? If you are born again, where is Christ? It's in your spirit. It's in your spirit. So for you to now begin to live Christ, you have to begin to focus on the Christ in you. He's not anywhere. He's already in you. And so in first, Second Corinthians chapter, chapter 3, verse 16, he said, when they turn to the Lord, the veil is removed. Let's read it out. You got to turn to the Lord. 
Where is he? He's inside. So you, start, you have to start, take your focus on art from other things and start focusing on the Lord. How do I focus on the Lord? In your day-to-day life, simply, the simplest way to focus on the Lord, Lord, is to be prayerful. Does that make sense when Paul said, pray without ceasing? What does that mean? Every day, do I have to go and be hiding somewhere and sitting somewhere? No, no. It's a religious definition of prayer. Prayer, here, we are talking about God. No, God, give me long hair. God, I'm going for interview. Let me pass. Let me, let me get a job. It's okay to pray. But that's not, what, that's not the kind of prayer that makes you live Christ. The prayer that makes you live Christ is constant communion with Christ. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Let your name be glorified. You are always communicating with the Christ inside you. Christ who is in you. You are living him out by talking to him, by asking him, Lord, let your name be glorified. Show me the way. Lead me. Let me do it your way. I thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love. I don't mean that every time you are walking, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. It's not realistic. It's not realistic. That's not what I'm talking about. But you are always conscious and consciously engaging Christ in your spirit. It's better than how nice you are. When you constantly engage Christ in your spirit, you, in fact, there's, there's some niceness that is already loaded into your spirit because of Christ. And that niceness no one has seen. No eye has seen. No ear heard. Neither has it entered the heart of any man. What God has prepared for those who love him. I don't know why this message was on my heart to come and share. Because it doesn't make people shout and feel fire. But it's a message that if you listen, it will form the foundation for a better Christian living the rest of your life. So all my life, all I'm trying to do, how can I actually live Christ fully? That's why I said, you can't do it on your own. Let me bring someone to you who doesn't live for himself. He's the persona incognito, the Holy Spirit. He's living in you to help you so you can live for Christ. So you can live for Christ. So you can live for Christ. I see your story changing. Amen. Pastor, I've been sinning so much. Sometimes I'm a Christian. Sometimes I just don't understand why. Maybe this thing is not for me. Hey! told you that the devil has been talking to you the devil has managed to convince you that Christianity is not for you he's trying to tell you hell is for you never ever say that it's not for you because of your personal weakness for all you may know there are others who are even weaker than you they are weaker than you you are not the weakest there might be others who are weaker none of us is strong actually he says that when I am weak, then I am strong. I would rather boast in my weakness. First Corinthians chapter 12. I'll boast in my weakness. So then I'm not saying that go around doing weak things and say, yeah, you know, I'm weak. I'm weak. No. What I'm trying to say is you have to be thankful that you can't do it by yourself. Uh, so your confidence in the Lord is that if I don't depend on God, I'll fail. That, that's your weakness so then you be, that actually becomes your strength because your strength you are strong when Christ is lived in you you are not strong when you are able to live your own life 
and do your own thing. Today, I came to tell somebody, maybe you are here, you are not even in Christ. You have not started allowing Christ to live inside you for him to be expressed to you. This whole thing is real. One day someone is going to die. Death is something we don't like talking about, but it's something that is going to come to everybody. Every human being, one day will go. When you meet your maker, what are you going to say? Why would you meet him in his anger? Anyone who told you God is not angry, is speaking against the Bible. God is a God of wrath, but his wrath is towards the unrighteousness of men, which you have a lot of. You and I, we have a lot of unrighteousness and ungodliness. And because of that, we are the recipients of the wrath of God. Why would you want to die in that state? That's not smart. No, 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 dying is smart. Today, that's how you start the journey. You hear the, you hear the pastor. And say, oh, yeah, I know God is not pleased with me. Hey. People say, they say the, the other way, God is not pleased with me. No, the other way is better. God is actually angry with you. He's <laughs> furious with you. Yeah. But because he's a God of love, he will not act on his anger against you. Why won't he? Because the Bible says that he's long suffering. He's long. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It is not that God is weak. As some men count slackness. It's not, oh, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. As some count slackness. People count slackness when you don't, you're supposed to meet someone, you don't do it. You're supposed to uh, pay your rent, you don't do it. And I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. I can't be bothered. Go and work. clean your room. I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. Nice lady, you make up everything. Nice makeup. Your room is like a, uh, like Syria. And I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. Some of the ladies, they don't even wash their hair. If, you t- if they take their wig, hey! If they take their wig, it can resurrect a dead body. Hey! <laughs> okay, my time is up. As some men count slackness, but God is long-suffering towards us. He's holding himself back towards us. Why? Not willing that any should perish, but that all repentance, all should do a U-turn. So God is angry with the sinning you are sinning. He's angry with the sinning. God is angry, but his love, but his, his love, his love is holding him back, hoping that someone will turn and come. That's the scripture. Not wishing that anyone should perish. He doesn't want anyone to perish. But you, everyone to come to repentance. Don't turn it down when God gives you opportunity to repent. Because maybe you might not die. But maybe someone is about to be busted. Someone is about to be locked up in prison. Because the friends, where you are going next week. So God managed to get you to church. So you can hear his word. To change your story. But if you bang the phone on God in the day of your need, you call, he will cut the line. <laughs> well, I have to end. Time is up. Did you receive something? Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. 
you're welcome to connect with David Entry on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also find more Spirit-filled messages from Caris Church on YouTube and all relevant streaming platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the message. Be blessed.